This morning, we're going to read from a passage that we are all familiar with. Turn with me to the book of Mark. Chapter 2. We're going to read from verses 1 to 12. This is an account of a man who was paralyzed. Praise God. And I'm reading from the NLT. The Bible says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above, the head, above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Even God, only God can forgive sins. Then Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stand onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. Let us pray. Mighty God, we are so thankful this morning. Thank you, God, for what you're able to do, and thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our meeting this morning. Thank you that, God, you are here to save you are here, oh God, to deliver. You are here, oh God, to bring hope. You are here, oh God, to bring freedom. We are so thankful that it was for this reason that Jesus, you came, that we may have life and have it more abundantly in the name of Jesus. We are so thankful, Lord. Holy Spirit, we pray that you may make the word of God alive in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise God. This morning, I wanna speak to you on a subject or message that I've titled, When You Cannot Fix It Yourself. When You Cannot Fix It Yourself. I'm excited to see one of my friends. We were together in seminary, Bishop uh, Daniel Bella with his wife, Anna. Good to see you. Thank you. Praise God. When you can't fix it yourself, the writer of Mark starts by saying that Jesus returned to Capernaum. Here we can see that Jesus returned because he was there before. 
He returned to the city because he had unfinished business. There were some things that he needed to fix. Before he went out or went away, what happened was he healed a leper. And he told this leper to keep a secret. But the leper never did keep a secret. He went out and told people what Jesus had done to him. And so people, all the crowds came, wanted to listen more from Jesus. And Jesus went away. And now, in the passage that we just read, he returned to the city because there was some business he wanted to address to. He wanted address, rather. This morning, there is some business that Jesus wants to fix. There is some business, unfinished business, that Jesus wants to attend to this morning. Thank God that you returned this day today to come listen to him. And the Bible says that he was preaching the word of God to them. It was for this reason that Jesus became human, that he may experience the things that we go through. He's the only one who can tell us what to do. And so the people that gathered there wanted to hear what Jesus was there to tell them. Some of them were looking for solutions. Some of them were going through hard times. And so they wanted to hear something that would fix their situations. And so it so happened that when Jesus was there preaching, the writer says he was preaching the word of God. And people were hearing what Jesus was preaching to them. And so, in this passage, there are some truths that I want to bring to your attention. You see, when you read the Word of God once and you go back, you come across things that you never even heard before. You get revelations from the passage. And so, when I was reading this passage, preparing for the sermon, there are some things that the Holy Spirit was revealing to me, and I was just writing down. I was just writing down. And there are three things from the passage that I want to talk about this morning. When you can't fix it yourself. During this time of Christmas, all the presents under the tree cannot fix some of the things in our lives. Only Jesus can fix it. Only Jesus can fix it. In verse 2, the writer says, Soon the house where he was preaching was packed with visitors. There was no room. And while he was preaching God's word, the first thing I want to talk about is foundation. Foundation. In other words, you need something to hold on to when you are going through stuff. What is the basis? Where do you stand? What is it that is going to carry you through as you go through hard times? And so Jesus 
was preaching to them the word of God. That is the basis that you need when things are hard around you. The word of God. And Jesus wanted to show them, show the people where they can stand. Because you can only stand on the word of God and be able to pull through. It doesn't matter what is going around you. You need to stand on the word of God. There's a song that we sang, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke 6, 47. The Bible says, I will show you. It's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. 48. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floods rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. On what are you building your life on? On what is your life built on? On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Because when you have the word of God in your life, when you listen to the word, when you study the word, there is a revelation that comes out and it is that which you build your faith on. Faith in God. Because it's only when you have the word of God, the word of God is the basis, the foundation on which you're going to stand as you go through stuff in life when you can't fix it yourself. I remember a time when my wife always had a miscarriage on her first pregnancy. And we were young at the time and it was so hard for us. The only thing that we could do was pray and believe God. And we rushed her to the hospital and fast forward, she gave birth at nine months. The thing is, there is scripture that says that God knows you even before you were born. So we stood on that scripture and we went to the Father. God, you said this. We knew that God knew our son. We even gave him a name before he was born. And so it was a time that we believed God, that God would sustain the pregnancy. And my wife gave birth at nine months. And we have a son. Next year, he's graduating from college, from the University of Washington. This is what God can do. This is what God does. This is what God specializes in. And so when I sing a song, I can't walk away when I have seen his face, when I have seen what God has done in my life. When you see what God does in your life, you cannot just walk away. 
when you experience his love, when you see miracles in your life, when you see God coming through for you, you cannot just walk away. You want to spend more time in his praises just worshiping him. That is why when you give your life to the Lord and you see what God does in your life, you cannot walk away from your faith. You want to stay in your faith. You want to stay closer to Jesus. When you can't fix it yourself, only Jesus can. When it's so hard for us, we couldn't do it, my wife and I. It was only God who came through for us. I know some of you may have gone through a lot of stuff in your lives. I'm here to, to tell you this, that when God did it, when God did mighty things in your life, when God turned things around in your life, you cannot just walk away from Him. You want to spend more time in His praises. You want to stay closer to Him. And when you study the Word of God and you, you receive a revelation from Scripture, you just want to soak in more and more and more from the Word of God. When you can't fix it yourself, only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. Let's give Him praise this morning. Hallelujah. In Psalm 61, Psalm 61, verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. A rock that is higher than we are is Jesus because only him can fix it. In Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this is a very familiar passage as well. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. It's only the Word of God that is the foundation that we can build on. And God is faithful to His Word. And God sees to it that His Word is fulfilled. In whatever situation, in whatever circumstance that you may experience, God sees to it that He fulfills His Word. He has exalted His Word above everything else. That's what the Bible says. So there is need for us to study the Word of God, to meditate upon it, and to build our lives on it. And so when Jesus was preaching that, that time, I'm sure those who were hearing it were saying, that is a good word. I can build my life on it. I can build my family on that word. I can raise my children on that word. 
I can face tomorrow because of that word. I can build my life on the word. I can build my business on that word. The word of God is life-giving. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. That is the word of God. We can build on it. So the first thing from the passage is the foundation. The second thing are friends. Friends. Let's go back to our text in Mark. Mark chapter 2, verse 2. So, rather, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room, no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. That's verse 3. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. You can see the four men there. We have the four men carrying a paralyzed man on a pink mat. The Bible doesn't tell us where they were coming from. The Bible just says they arrived. They arrived. Okay, just stand there. No, no, don't put him down. <laughs> Let him enjoy being on the mat. So, four men arrived. Now, each one holding a corner. You're going that side. Each one holding a corner. Four men. You can stop right there. Don't put him down yet. Each one was holding a corner. Four of them. Now, I want to say this to you. Who do you have in your corner? Who is holding your corner? Let me try this side. Who do you have in your corner? The corner of your life. When you look at your life, who do you have in your corner? Who is supporting you? Who is supporting your corner? Now, the Bible says the friends were carrying him on a mat going to Jesus. And let me ask you this. The friends you have in your corner, where are they taking you? Are they taking you to Jesus? Or they are taking you away from Jesus? Are they taking you away from Jesus? Each friend was holding a corner. Now, it wasn't easy, as you can see, it wasn't easy to carry the man. Maybe they made so many stops 
on the way as they were going to Jesus. Okay, you can put him down. You can take your seats, he's gonna remain. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. Who do you have in your corner? The corner of your life. What type of friends do you have? Are your friends taking you to Jesus? Or do your friends take you away from Jesus? It's important to have friends that take you to Jesus. The friends that you have, when you get together, do they encourage you about Christ? Do they talk to you about Christ? The friends that you have when you get together, do you engage in talk that takes you away from the Lord? Do the friends that you have sacrifice for you Or do they try to pull you down? Do they lift you up? Or do they take you down? Think about it. Now, let me just say something about the number four. You see, there is something prophetic about the number four. And each time that I see, I read in scripture about the number four, there is something to be said about the number four. Now the Bible says four men. Now four means a lot in scripture. Four would refer to the earth. Four would refer to the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Dalet, which would also mean a door, four corners. The uh, number four would also mean, you know, would refer to seasons. We read in the book of Genesis that on the fourth day, God said, let there be light, let there be the sun, let there be uh, the moon and stars, and then, uh, when there was that, there was light and day, and there were seasons. I like seasons because you need friends who be there holding your corner in any season. Whatever season you go through in life, you need friends that will carry you through, that will give you encouragement, that will take you to Jesus, no matter the season. We need friends. And friends, having friends, a good place to start about friends is life groups. Life groups. You may be saying, well, I go to that church, but I don't have a friend. Well. The best place for you to start having a friend is in a life group. 
It's in the life group. I remember last September, I had the privilege of meeting one of our members, uh, Sister D, uh, before the husband, Pat, went to be with the Lord. I remember visiting with Rod and Daniel at the hospital, and there we found members of the life group, you know, ministering and praying with her, and it was so good to see uh, Eugene, Victor, and his wife, and others just holding her, praying, and, uh, you know, during that time, women in our church chipped in to help, and, I mean, it was so wonderful. So, a life group is like having, you know, people around you, uh, a team or, 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 you know, friends who can be with you in times of need. Because our senior pastor cannot be everywhere at the same time. He's not omnipresent. And so it is important that in our life groups, you know, every life group, you know, they are like the first responders. When anything happens to our members, they're there to stand with them. You see, we cannot fix everything. God has all the answers only he can, but the best we can do is to stand with each other when we go through stuff. Because only God can fix it. But we can stand to hold each other's corner. We can stand and support each other. As we take our friends to Jesus because it's only him who can make a difference in our lives. Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We need friends. We cannot do life alone. You need friends. And the best place to start is life group. Amen, church. We need each other. So friends. And the last thing we can draw from this passage is freedom. So we have the foundation, the friends, and so the next thing is freedom. Freedom. Now, the Pharisees and scribes questioned Jesus and said, what he was saying was blasphemous because only God has the power. Just excuse me. Because only God has the power. Now, little did they know that Jesus had the power to forgive. They had no idea that only Jesus had the power to forgive. Now, let's turn to verse 11. Verse 11 says, then Jesus 
turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go. Now, I'm going to say to <laughs> our brother here to stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Praise God. Now, when I was reading this, this part, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Now, this was a paralyzed man. And what Jesus was trying to show here is that, you see, when someone is paralyzed, there's no coordination in the body. And so what, I wanted, what Jesus wanted to show the people who are there looking was to show them that the things that this man never used to do, he was now able to do. He was now able to do. And so Jesus told him to pick up the mat. Because if he was still paralyzed, he could not pick up the mat and he could not walk home. And so there are times in life when Jesus does things that we need to do, the things that we never used to do before. That is why when you see God move in your life, it is always good to talk about what you're now able to do, the things that you never used to do before. You can now do them. Like if you used to drink your head off before, but because of Jesus, now you are sober. You need to testify and talk about what now Jesus has done in your life. Perhaps things were not going so good in your life, and so when Jesus moves in your situation, fixes things in your life, you need to say, well, I, it used to be like this, but now because of the Lord, I'm able to do this. And I'll, I will not stop to talk about what God has done for me. Had it not been for God, I wouldn't be here, standing up here, because of what God did in my life. You know, I was in a coma for three days, but because of Jesus, he raised me up. Here I am preaching the word of God because of what Jesus can do. And I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Because of what Jesus did in our marriage, Regarding our son, we will not stop talking about that. Because when Jesus does something in your life, you cannot stay away. You cannot just walk away. You cannot just stay, stay silent. You need to talk about what Jesus can do. I believe that is the reason that the leper, after Jesus had healed him and told him not to talk about it, that he went about telling people what Jesus had done. And so many people flocked to Jesus to hear what more he can do. And so when they saw this man get, you know, rise up, roll the mat, and go home, everybody praised the Lord. It's good to praise God when you see God moving in your life. Because when God did it before, who knows, he's going to do it again. He's always faithful. God is faithful. When Jesus healed man, the leper before, everybody was there watching. But this time, when Jesus did it again with the paralyzed man, everybody exclaimed and they 
said, well, we have, we've never seen this one before because God does things that are different than before. He's always faithful. He's always faithful. What God did, He's going to do it because it's, because it's only Him who can fix it. When we can't fix it, God can fix it. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to the foundation that he has laid for us, the word of God. God brings people in our lives to hold us accountable, to support us. He brings those people in our lives to give us support. My hand is shaking to give us support. God brings even freedom so that nothing can bind us. Perhaps you may have done things that you're not even proud about today. Things that make you feel as if you're in a trap or in a cage. That every time that you think about the things, the past that, you know, things that you may have done, each time you think about that, you feel like you are in a trap. But Jesus said this. He said, come to me, all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It's only God who can fix it. The many presents you have under the tree in this season of Christmas, they will not fix it. They can only bring joy at a period of time. But we have our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the gift that God gave us. It's only He who can fix it. Shall we all stand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God, let's all pray. It's only you, oh God, who is able to do much more than we can think or imagine. It's only you, Jesus, who is able. And this morning, God, we come before you we come before you with all our failures, Lord. With all the things that God we are not proud about that we may have committed, Lord. It's only you, O oh God, who can forgive. It's only you, O oh God, who is able to make us make a fresh start this morning. We can make a fresh start this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We come to you, Lord. We pray that God, may you do that which you, you, you can do, O oh Lord. It's only you who can do, Lord. It's only you, O oh God, who can turn things around in our lives. And this morning, God, we come to you. We come to you, Jesus. For you came that we may have life 
and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. I'd ask all the leaders just to join me to the front. Hallelujah. And if you have any, anything that you want us to pray, Lord, to pray for you, I'd invite you just to come to the front, to any of our leaders in front, and they're going to pray with you. You see, there is something about the prayer of agreement. If anything is bothering you, if you are going through hard times, if you have a tough situation, I'd like for you to come forward and ask any of our leaders to pray with you. Let's believe God for great things. Let's believe God for miracles in our lives. Let's believe God for things to change in our lives.